Make a bit. <laughs> we needed that third one right there. Let's just make that's our Shirk. whole review. No, we're not. Wolverine isn't here. Wolverine is not. Is here. he not? Spoiler. Huh? Hi, hi, listener. Uh, we oh. are going to be reviewing today Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's the one. Which is the second installment of the animated Spider-Man the, franchise. The yes. Spider-Verse franchise. Yes, let's say Spider-Man. Yeah. Because no way home. Miles Morales of, or Spider-Verse. Because that's probably the... Uh, I think Spider-Verse is the draw. Is it? Yeah. It mm. is. Although... Miles Morales is the is the lead of the Spider-Verse But movies. No Way Home had Spider-Verse in it as well. But it wasn't titled that. It was not. Because the first movie was called Into the Spider-Verse. And yes. it's used the multiverse. And and this the, is Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> across the Spider-Verse yeah. part one. Uh, it was just Across yeah, the they Spider-Verse. Could because the third part will be called Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Said, yeah. It I mean, good. that's better than part one and part two. Uh, yeah. So Ken and I were able to go see this at a screening, and we're going to be giving a spoiler-free review for this first little part. Once we answer spoiler territory, we will alert you, and the, uh, Zach will also leave just, at that yeah, point. Just I will leave. I am not a spoiler person. I generally don't care. Especially Marvel movies, especially right? Especially Marvel movies. I care about this one. Yeah. I look forward to this movie. So this you will be of, forced This to is leave. one of our most anticipated movies yes. of the whole year. Mm-hmm. When I'm just doing a quick look back. I really enjoyed uh, Across the Spider-Verse. No. Into, into the, the spider Dang it. I did it again. Into the into spider Across Beyond. I really enjoyed Into the Spider-Verse. It, no, it starts with Rise, and then it's Dawn, and then it's War. <laughs> so so, so last... FX. Rise then, of Skywalker <laughs> is the last one. Somehow. And then Dawn of the Planet of the Sky... Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're the worst. No, I really enjoyed the first one. I was able to see it at the critic screening, what, 2019? 2018. 2018. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, I think it was released in December. Yeah. I was able to see the screening with Kent. Unfortunately, I was late to the screening. And uh, we sat at the opposite ends of the theater and watched the whole movie. And I was so sad. It was yeah. very sad. And then sad. we had to go out to uh, pizza afterward and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a, a refreshing take on a familiar story. On a much rebooted franchise. Much, it, it, they found a way to do a reboot in a really cool way mm-hmm. in that we're giving you a new version of Spider-Man, kind of. Mm-hmm. We're giving you a familiar version of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We're giving you all sorts of versions of Spider-Man. And uh, again, with... The, at this point, we might be able to call it revolutionary art style yeah. and just the general uh, pacing and humor of it. Like, I just think it's a winning movie all around. So that makes me excited for the next one. Okay. Gentlemen. All right. So your anticipation level for this one is? Very high. But not your your hype. You're trying to bring that down maybe a little bit. Um, it is. It, my hype level is high, but mm-hmm. like not uh, leave the baby in the crib and go see the movie. High. Okay. Like I'm not... I, I'm not I'm rushing not, out there. You don't have to leave the baby. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. It, well played. You'll so get it. let me okay. give the synopsis for this second movie in the series. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. Okay. And this, uh, who does it star, Kent? It stars... Oh, voice actors, I should say. Yes. Shamik Moore as the voice of Miles, Haley Steinfeld as Gwen, and Oscar Isaac as Spider-Man 2099. Mm-hmm. And you get other voices in here, uh, Jake Johnson from the last movie, but then there's newcomers like uh, Jason Schwartzman, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. There was, there was a couple different... You said Oscar Isaac, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he was technically... He was a post credit scene. Yeah. He was in the first one. Yeah. But it was just, uh, you know, a lot of the same voice actors you knew in the first one coming back. And that's, you know, always nice when they're able to get the same people, especially since this was so long I, ago. I specifically did not hear mention of Nicolas Cage or John Mulaney. Uh-huh. You didn't. Okay. You did not. Very good. I, but well, here's the funny thing. I remember when I first watched uh, Into the Spider-Verse, 
and uh, Shmeek Moore, I thought he was a kid. Yeah. I so it was, it's so, just so right? good. And I was like, is he going to be able to, like, is his voice going to change? Is he going to have to get a different actor? Well, he's a full-grown adult. He is, because he was born in 1995. Okay. Is he like 13 in the first movie? The character? The character. Mm, he's going to high school. Because in this movie, he's 15. Oh, maybe he's going to preppy junior He's high. like 15 or 16. Yeah, he can't drive yet. Yeah. I think he's 15. I think okay. 15 is what it said, yeah. Yeah, because they keep mentioning in this movie how much he's grown, right? Because time has passed. It's been a year okay, since the last say. movie. So he was 14, oh, yeah, so he's 14 I guess. Yeah. It really is like him longing for his friends and just kind of wondering where they've been. Because he knows that these gateways are available. And yes, they had to close them for the last movie. But he's like longing for Gwen because he's kind of in like with her. Yeah. Like obsessed with her. Keeps drawing her. He gets, he's lonely. Aren't we all a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. It was a good character. And then this movie centers a lot around Miles' family. Okay. The dynamic between uh, his mom, his dad, and... Mom is a doctor, nurse. Dad they don't go a, into dad it is here. a cop. Yeah. Dad is a dad. cop is what the, the crux is here. Yeah. yeah. But basically, they're just trying to keep track of him because... And that's bad for someone that moonlights a Spider-Man, mm. but he and is they not... Don't, they don't know. They don't know. Huh. He's not very responsible. He doesn't show up where he needs to be. He doesn't really have a plan for the future. And he's trying to find out what that means to him. And as we know from the original Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in 2018, at the end of it, Miles is laying on his bed. And then all of a sudden you see the kind of the colors that mm-hmm. imply a portal. And Gwen says, hey, Miles. Yeah. And like, want to or what you say, like, want to go somewhere? It's, it's interesting that movie came out f- nearly five years ago at this point. And I'm wondering if they had the whole... supposed to happen earlier. So pandemic issues, because I'm actually wondering if it's the animation that holds it up rather than the story they were trying to tell, because this movie does immediately, well, immediately a year after, but it follows the first movie storyline very well. Yeah. Well, they, so they actually started uh, developing the sequel Mm -hmm. before Into the Spider-Verse, the original movie was released. Oh, that's smart. I I appreciate that. They started developing then. It was announced in 2019 and then they started work in 2020. But then there was some shutdowns and issues that happened. And so it got pushed back and pushed back and pushed what, back. What happened? I don't remember. Huh. Yeah, weird. There are three, three years where it just kind of it's fuzzy. Yeah, it was a blur. But it's I blur. have to wonder if they waited for, I think, people to appreciate the animation in the first movie. And then it, it blew people away and they go, we're going to do it one better. Like they took that and they probably tripled what they did artistically. Because I think they knew they had to beat mm. where the first movie was. Because, well, I mean, the original movie made over three times its budget. Well, box office-wise as well, yes. Yes, yes, it did, it did well, and people liked it, but I think they knew they had something on their hands. Mm-hmm. And the, the original animation style has a very comic book feel in the original one. Yep. And then this movie kind of just, it, it same basic mm-hmm. techniques. Yeah. But turned up to 11. But it's like, and this is going to sound like a negative thing, but it's animation vomit, but it's visually pleasing. <laughs> It's like a work of art. I mean, I've had vomit that I'm like, not bad. You're like, those corn chunks, those ham chunks. No, guys, guys, (laughs) people are going to listen to this. No, but it is something where it's like, you know, it's it's modern art where there is so much thrown at you visually. What is the the term um, Walt Disney used about like cocktail party, something like that, where he he puts so much going on Mm -hmm. that it takes repeat viewings to really appreciate... Yeah. What's happening? Like at Disneyland, he is that where he's like, there's so much going on that each time you get kind of a new experience, each time you ride, and you're like, oh, I didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. Like I felt I, like this movie did that. I would even say at this time in this movie, they know at times they don't know what to do with the pacing. This you movie know, is long. It is very long. It is 140 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes, which I found out is the longest animated U.S. movie. What? 
the longest. This is the longest animated American-made movie. That's what I read. And I looked it up, and the, wow. the next highest movie that I saw that I recognized was The Tale of Princess Kagayua. Oh, yeah, we watched that. And it was three minutes shorter than this one. Yeah, but that one was made in Japan, too. Exactly. So. But I, then I kind of went down, and I'm like, man, I can't see another film I hear I recognize, because they were... They're, they were all Miyazakis that I recognized. And, and I think they do some interesting things to keep your attention. There's a big part of the movie, I would say, in the first uh, first to second. It's kind of a bridge where the animation stays the same. It really is a lot of family drama. And you're, you're kind of wondering, wow, they're really getting into character here, which I don't hate. Mm-hmm. But you're like, I came here to see a little bit more. And then when it gets into a little bit more, it absolutely delivers and it keeps your eye paying attention at yeah. all times. So uh, much that you get way, lost in the, the shuffle. The next one I recognized in regard to longest animated was mm-hmm. actually the 1978 Lord of the Rings. I was wondering about that. Which was eight minutes shorter. Is that British made though? It says United States here, but eight minutes shorter than this movie. Wow. And Fantasia is actually shorter than this movie what? by, uh, well, Fantasia is 126 minutes. This is 140 minutes. Uh, but like time's not equal there. Fantasia is much longer. <laughs> it feels much reality. longer. <laughs> You're like, oh, thank goodness Mickey's there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I did feel like it felt long. Mm-hmm. And I, I, and especially since this is a, a part one of part two. Yeah. I was like, this is really like, they, they, I think they could have trimmed a little bit, to be yeah. honest, and been okay. We're not in spoilers yet, but you kind of wonder, hey, what are you going to save for part three? Yeah. And this is also darker than its predecessor. Mm-hmm. It's less funny than its predecessor. This, yeah, that was that was interesting, right? Mo- most of the humor, and this isn't a spoiler, you know it from the trailer, most of the humor comes from, hey, there's a different type of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. That's that's where most of the humor comes or from. Or the, the family dynamic moments. really did make it pretty funny because it's just parents being confused about how to raise a teenager. I really do like the parents. Yeah, me too. In this franchise. Yeah. They, they feel like relatable and realistic to mm-hmm. me. So I like both of them. It is darker, though, and I say that because as a parent with small children, it's not like it's like violent. It's it's cartoon violence, mm-hmm. but just there's a heavier tone and more stressful things are happening and some real drama happens on yeah, the screen. Yeah, absolutely. It is kind of a, people have equated to the Empire Strikes Back of this franchise where it's like, it's going to be darker and it's going to end on a cliffhanger and you got to deal with that. Yeah, and that's always going to happen. Any second movie that sets up this big finale, it's always going to happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking, did you go through the director's? Who no, their it? first time we did we did on our uh, anticipation episodes, but it's two uh, newcomers. Well, and, and IMDb list three. Ah, so the first movie was I mean with a big film like this, like you know, people had different roles, right? Mm-hmm. The first one was Bob. Oh, dang it, Bob Parrish, Shetty, yes. <laughs> Peter exactly. Ramsey, exactly. and Rodney Rothman. Yeah, written by Phil Lord and Randy. Ro- sorry, Rodney Rothman. Um, so the, that was the first movie. The second one is now. Oh, dang it. Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. This one's written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Mm-hmm. Who we know from Lego Movie and Cloudy the Chance Meatballs. Yeah, a lot of animated Typically, they, they, you know them for getting fired from Solo. <laughs> yes. Um, and then Dave Callahan. Okay. So like w- different uh, sort of really the only thread here seems to be Phil Lord. Yeah. And the fact that you're telling me it's not as funny and Chris Miller has been added and they're dope. Especially those two together. But they know funny. what they're doing as far as like having heart. Okay. There, there is heart. It, it feels genuine. So yeah. you take away a little levity, but you have real sincerity. Which in the movie. is, I think, one of the um, you know better things about the Lego movie and Glad with a Chance of Meatballs. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, right. they do have a soul. Something that might have been missing Absolutely. from, say, the it's, Super Mario Brothers movie. Or, or the Emoji like movie where it's yeah, like sure. just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not to compare that to the emotion, but that's kind of the no, extremes there no. of like good animation versus bad animation. All right. So we could talk a little bit about some negatives there. 
A little bit. Slight negatives. Because you know, Kent, this is one of my most anticipated Absolutely. movies of the, of, the, of the year. Yeah. Uh, may I go? Yes, please. Okay. I liked it. Mm-hmm. It's good. I didn't love it. And I especially didn't love it as much as the original. Now, Kent, I know you will because it's darker and more serious. <laughs> you like dark and serious. I sure do. And I do too at times. But like I kind of just, I missed the levity. And I... There was just some things like I thought the animation. Okay, so first of all, the action scenes are fantastic. They're fantastic. I loved every time they started fighting, and it was so much fun the way they do the animation. Does it still have the effect where you almost feel like you forgot your 3D glasses? Yeah. Yes. Still has that kind of fuzziness for a third of the movie. Okay. Yeah. I'm not not complaining about that. I think it's cool. It's just something that that did take getting used to. That was a point I was going to bring up, too, is that I think the animation is... Like I said before, well, it is very interesting. It's like the last movie, but turned up to 11. For example, you have a villain drawn in paper on parchment. Yes. You uh, have watercolor painting uh-huh. in this movie. You've got a character Lego bricks. in Spider-Punk, which is a character that's one and now one of the prominent sidekicks yeah. in this movie. And he's hand-drawn but graffitied at the same yeah. time. And it just stands out very compared hard to, to the other characters. Accent. Oh, absolutely. So it's like when you're playing the, the Spider-Man for the PlayStation and you put mm-hmm. on the wrong suit. Yeah. And you're like in, in the world and don't quite fit. Exactly. Kind of yeah. okay. But which is, that's the whole point of this thing is like different people in different universes. But, but what they do here is I think the animation creates a mood in, in, in a few specific scenes. Yeah. Well, okay. So, and we can say this, I don't think this is a spoiler, but like, for example, in, in Gwen's world, because uh, it starts off. T- By the way, Gwen is the lead character. Okay, kind of. Yeah, it kind of with her. It kind of I'm ends fine with that. which is great. But and in her world, it's all this watercolor, and they change from camera shot to camera shot. Mm-hmm. Like she's talking to someone, and there's a background behind her. It goes to them, comes back to her, different background. Yeah, that was interesting, and it's it related to her mood. Mm-hmm. I I was reading up on that because it it was a little busy and distracting at times. Sometimes the animation got to be a little too much, where I'm like, I can't process what's going on right, right. now. And that also kind of made me go, I don't know. Was that them flexing? Was that them saying, okay, look what we can do. We're going to do it. You like that in the last movie? We're going to do even more now. More (laughs) sprinkles. Sure. Sorry, I didn't mean to use your nickname, Ken. (laughs) Oh, you stop it right now. But And I don't remember. The the first movie had some amazing musical moments. Mm -hmm. Like that What's Up Danger moment when he jumps off the glass. I chills every time I see that. It was Kent's phone background for like two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. (laughs) Oh, it's, it's not there. anymore. Dang is it. it. Is it? It's Superman it's now. kids. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, no, Literally. it's not Superman. It's Superman. And then also with the I Got an Elevate song at the end, my, my kids and I, yeah. we always say I Got an Elephant. We think it's hilarious, but we enjoy that song. Nice. But this song, I can't, uh, this movie, I can't remember any of the songs. There was no real heavy musical emotional there, hits. There's one, but I can see why you say that because it didn't have the same punch. Right. I would actually kind of disagree, though. I think the score here, they were really giving an honest effort. I'm not getting bad about score. I'm okay. saying I don't remember any of the songs. Kind of like the iconic moments with the songs. Yeah, there's that, the like, needle drop. They know how, how to build mood and yeah. tension. I was stressed out for most of this movie, to be honest. Were you? Yeah. Okay. But I, and I also just, it ends on that cliffhanger. I feel like a good uh, two-parter, shall we say, mm-hmm. uh, a good trilogy, whatever, but they complete a story arc Within, the, within movie, the movie and yes. then leave the door open for and there's more to happen. Right. Even in Empire Strikes Back, there is a there's an amazing showdown. He's able to confront and find out the truth about his father. I feel like I'm not trying to spoil <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. His father. His father. But you what? Find yeah. This guy I wears black, was. right? Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of dark. Somehow he returned. Yeah. <laughs> no. But they have that complete thing. story arc there. There is a complete story arc. This does not have a complete story arc. No. 
there is it's just an end and i went i don't like that mm-hmm. i don't i don't like how it it didn't really tell me a story it told me part of a story mm-hmm. and so i but like i said i did like it so i think it's good i didn't love as much as the original and much like the characters who travel across different dimensions in these movies it is glitching right now in my mind. Oh, okay. Between a three point five and a four. It's okay, right around there. That's I, totally fair. I haven't landed yet. In this, in three point five is above average, and four is I really liked it. Yeah. So it's there, but I can't quite really nail it down. It's, where it's I interesting want. though. If you go online right now, the hyperbole is crazy. This oh, is yeah. the be all end all superhero movie. Not even superhero sequel. Superhero yeah. movie. Yeah. So this which is, about, which is refreshing at a time like this when we just don't like them. Right? Yeah. Like, it's kind of nice to have something to be excited about. Sure. But, but this is a different animal. And this is also within, what, 19 years? This is our fourth Spider-Man 2? Oof, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there was Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. And Amazing Girl Spider-Man 2. Amazing Spider-Man 2. Far from whatever far that from is. Far from whatever. The home. <laughs> not home far for the holidays. Far from Nugan. Still, Joel, your best joke ever. It's far from home. <laughs> far from far from Nugan. And far from good. No. You know, <laughs> just it's a lot of Spider-Man 2. Yeah, it's a lot of Spider-Man in general. I, I even including all the ones where Spider-Man is in the the Avengers. It's like there's a lot mm-hmm. of it, but this does feel like a different animal. That's why I think people are willing to accept. And it. I can see what you're saying. Like, is Into the Spider-Verse your favorite Spider-Man movie, or is it like number yes. two? It is currently my favorite Spider movie, fully acknowledging that it's standing on the shoulders of previous Spider-Man. Of movies. course, but I would say it, because you get more enjoyment out of it when you get the references of like, oh, this is what happened in the past. And, then, and when you see Spider-Man okay. die, it has much more gravity to it. This is sure. a movie for Easter eggs. Like yeah. it throws all that stuff in there and you go, hey, I remember that character. The first one where you saw Spider-Man yeah. dancing like uh, emo Peter Parker. Yeah, exactly. Like that. There is, and Zach, I know you have expressed fairly recently that you are not a fan of fan service in movies. I'm tired of it a bit. This is a fan service movie mm-hmm. for they, sure, right? They, they lean into that. To the point where it's literally there's images they'll have in the background where it's like, oh, 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 oh. Which yeah. would have worked if they weren't so overt about it. Yes. I think. Because I, it's part of the theme. Does yes. this get a pass because it's animation? Like it's it's a because it's such a false Zach, world. Is it animation though? Well, okay. It's in so, a different dimension, some can be live action. It's sure, so true. visually stunning and I think emotional when it needs to be. That it works. And that's why it gets a pass because the story is found along the way. Usually in a movie, you know what the drama will be within the first 15 minutes yeah. because it needs to set that up. Mm-hmm. This movie, you don't find out what the crux of the story is until an hour and 37 into it, basically. And then it starts picking up steam. Oh, totally. That's, and then it just doesn't let go. Yeah. With, without a climax. But it's almost like they needed someone like Nolan to say, let's put things out of, out of time, out of sequence. And let's tell Miles what the issue is early on so that there will be more drama. Yeah. Because when he finds out, he's like, oh, anyways, the trailer kind of tells the story. The movie doesn't for a really long time. Yeah. That said, I am kind of split on if I like this one or the first movie more because I do like the more human element. I like the... Just say darker. Uh, I know I like the character emphasis. I just like say the you fact, hate happiness. Just say that. I, I like the fact that I was shocked at moments because of where it went. Yeah. And I don't mean the Easter eggs. We know that's coming. For me, I'm like, oh, that's cool. They got to throw that in. But as far as where the story could go and what the villain became, I started to really appreciate this movie because the villain is a villain of the week, as they say. And then and I thought it was going to be a lot more substantial. We'll get to that spoiler full section. And I really enjoyed what they did there. They took something really simple and they're making it a great part two that 
uh, ties in really well with the first one. I think it does. Yeah. And truthfully, my glitch there is dependent on the next movie, which is yeah. coming out next year. So that's right. my question. Is this a pointless bridge movie or is it is it like its own story? Okay. It's not a bridge. This sets the uh, the inciting incident in action. This, this is what kicks things off. A new story. It mentions some things that cannot be ignored or bypassed really quickly. Mm -hmm. And so to get to the next movie, like they're going to have some okay. impact. Yeah. So, and a lot of it is set up obviously for mm -hmm. the next movie. I mean, does this feel like an incomplete story? Yes. It's, that frustrates me. I, I, to this day have not seen the movie Dune because I know that there's another Dune coming out yeah. and it was like, Very it was supposed soon. to be a continuous story. Yeah. I, I don't, I just don't like that. I like the idea of movies that, yeah, they have sequels, but each individual movie tells its own oh. story. I don't worry about this one. Imagine fast fast 10, which yeah. ends on a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And that next movie's not coming out for like three years. Yeah. That's insane. Which is frustrating to the audience. Yeah, totally. They already Especially have a plan I heard for this the cliffhanger. One. Yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? I ruined it for Joel. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, but th this one is a cliffhanger, but at the same time, it's like they're but, already working on it. They know where it's going. But it's a cliffhanger with like a, a really solid note to end oh, yeah. on that you're just pumped yeah. up. Yes. Right. Which is why you should be pumped up and get into the next movie in four months, you know, because they would it really does. have some steam. Yeah, I, I applaud the, of all franchises, The Matrix. For doing it right, right? They, yep. move, they release two and three very close to each other, yeah. and yeah. I, that's what I want out of this movie. Right. That's what it's, I would have liked. That's what does give me a little pause because again, I don't, I don't want to sit in anticipation for a long time. So but there's also, some of me that wants do to you wait. see this in theater? You absolutely it's, do. It's got to be a theater. It's yeah. a, it's, I wouldn't say got to, but I say it's a really fun. And theater we even experience. had some sound mixing issues, which I think was probably the theater's fault for us. That was I was really distracted. <sighs> to point where was it on IMAX? Um, no. Okay. Where subtitles were needed for a lot of the movie. At the beginning, especially. Every, every time there was a voiceover, the, the mix was off. Basically, here, here's Gwen. Uh, let me tell you my story. Does Tenet? It did seem like a little Tenet issue. I think that's just a general problem with modern movies. However, did you see it at my local theater? Uh, South uh, Jordan. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm, yeah. South my local theater has real problems with this. Okay. Do they? Yeah. I also had it a kid does, actually, kicking yes. my seat almost the entire time. Wasn't that the worst? It was bad. There were people dropping stuff. This is a full theater People of were kids. getting up and walking out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, not, not like leaving the movie, but going down, like a whole parade of people went down, I'm guessing to go to the bathroom, and then they all came back. And I was like, <laughs> what are you doing? Not that you pay. Like, I did notice in this movie that I was kind of squirming a little bit and try to get comfortable in my seat. And that's when I know that I'm not totally fully invested right. in something because there were some dragon parts because really there's... Well, you can't talk about the dragon, the spider dragon. Yeah, that too, right? There's two and a half really major action scenes in this movie. I'd say three okay. or four. All right. At the beginning, there's one. At the beginning? At the ending. Right. And the part with the... We can't talk about it. The, the end. Uh, come on, guys. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're just talking about movies at this point. All right. So recommend. Got to go see it. Uh, heartily, just recommend. Heartily recommend. I didn't love it like everyone else, but I really like it. It's so a B+. Plus. We're seeing. Okay. But do you like it more than Into the Spider-Verse? It's about the same. You didn't love Into the Spider-Verse? I kind of did, but I wanted more, I think, from the <gasps> story. Kent got mad because the uh, Utah Film Critics Association voted it as their movie of the year. They did. And he's like, nope, can't have that. Well, now I'm checking my grade, so we might as well get right into spoilers. Zach, you have to go. In sunflower. Was that the song? <laughs> In sunflower. I got a spoiler full. 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 Okay, we're going to spoil the movie now. Zach's not even going to get to hear Kent's rating. I walked into Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse with little more than apathy. I walked out having seen the best Marvel associated production in years. I could easily recommend this to kids who love comic book movies as well as adults who grew up with the love for the character. 
The movie says nothing in the end, but it's a really fun ride to take. B plus. Says nothing in the end? Yeah. Says nothing in the end. Yeah. It's a great Spider-Man spinoff. Anyone can wear the mask, Kent. <laughs> That's what they say at the end. <laughs> sure. Okay, so this movie... Okay, so just jump in real quick. Now we're, we're, in the, we're in spoilers territory. So if you haven't seen the movie, we're going to spoil it now. The action sequences I was thinking of mm-hmm. is obviously the, the paper vulture in the museum. Okay, I wasn't counting that. That was, that was my favorite one. Yeah, that one was great. Uh, the one the in... The spot fight. The spot fight. Yeah, I was counting that one. Which is yeah. good. Uh, the, the Spider-Man chase train battle. Yeah, and that was the one at the end for me. Uh, the India battle. The Indian Spider-Man battle. Sure. And then the end battle. With the okay, spot. so they did kind of spruce it up a little bit with action scenes There was in a there. lot of fun in there. Yeah. The way they did that. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I feel like... So the movie starts out with... And you, you, you nailed it, Kent. Uh, it's Gwen's story. It started yeah. out with Gwen, and I'm like, wait, but Miles. Where's Miles? And I enjoyed the fight a lot. I enjoyed the drama that happened when... Uh, Gwen has to reveal to her police commander father mm-hmm. that she is Spider Woman. Yeah, I liked that, but I do feel like her story at the beginning went along a little long. It was like a prologue that you're like, okay, let's get to the main story. Well, it was also confusing um, in the timeline because she goes, "My original friend is Peter Parker. Peter Parker did this thing to himself. He became the lizard. He died." Yeah, and then it was like, "But right now, I mean, there's a murder investigation going on for me, and right now, I just got out of the Spider Verse." I, I didn't really know what fit where. Yeah, that was a little confusing. And like, you don't need to overthink it, I know. But still, at the same time, I'm like, well, her dad is like waiting for a full year yeah. to really come after her. Well, and, and she takes off her mask. Her, her dad's like trying to arrest Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then she takes off her mask in, in privacy, like the two of them. And he sees who she is. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you have the right to remain silent. I'm like, no way. There's no so, way a dad... Yeah. At that moment would be like, I'm going to arrest you. When it's just he and her. Well, because he was arresting mm-hmm. Spider-Man because he thought that she was Spider-Woman because she was responsible for the death of Peter Parker. Right. But when she's when he sees her daughter, of course he knows she didn't mm-hmm. do it on purpose. And yet he still started reading her Miranda rights. So the movie quickly introduces two other Spider-People. There's another Spider-Woman. Um, <laughs> the Jessica. Pregnant, one on the motorcycle. And then there's Miles Morales, who kind of plays the near antagonist of the movie. Yeah. And his is a very interesting character that never gets explained. They try at times, but what they do... Wait, Miles Morales? Sorry, not Miles Morales. No. Uh, Miguel O'Hara. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Spider-Man 2099. I'm yes. so sorry. So He's got like blades on his arms. Yeah, and, and he's he red. might be a vampire. And if you know a lot about Spider-Man 29, super cool. But in this movie, they cut off his backstory for a joke Mm -hmm. like he's like i'm miguel o'hara and here's my story and they're like ah you've seen this all already and i'm like no 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 you should probably tell us because when they do and gwen's story again because when they do tell you about miguel they don't really say anything Hmm. it's like he went to an alternate universe took care of the daughter that wasn't his it's the wandavision story essentially yeah and things went bad i was like "Uh, mm, um hopefully go more into that because i didn't really quite understand but one of his motivations for wanting to um stop because he's a police force they've made a spider-man police force to go to different dimensions and stop anomalies Mm -hmm. from existing in dimensions they shouldn't exist in right because miguel when he tried to live in another dimension that wasn't his they all ended up glitching and disappearing away right and so he doesn't ever want that to happen again but I feel that's a little flimsy of an excuse mm-hmm. because he doesn't want Miles. He's against Miles Morales because, once again, we're in spoilers. The spider that bit Miles Morales was not from Miles' dimension. It was from another dimension. Right. And so Miles is infused with the DNA of this other dimension. And so he's like, well, you're going to cause all these problems. So we have to get rid of you. And I'm like, no, 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 Miguel. 
you were a completely different person living in another dimension. Mm -hmm. You tried to replace someone. Miles is not doing that. He's part from his mention, part not, and he's not trying to replace anyone. It's not the same story. I think calling Miles the original anomaly was great. Yes. I love that story element that brings in the first movie because I go, Miles is bigger in this universe. Yeah. And I think it's cool that he has now this opposition with uh, Spider-Man 2099. But at the same time, it was introduced way too late. Also, so was like the, the chasm, the rift thing that was going to destroy the planet. Right. Because I think through the middle of the movie, it's when they go to um, yeah. Mumbatan. Yeah. And they're there with Spider-Man India. And they stop what is now considered. And I thought this was a pretty cool element. There's, there's a canon moment happening. It's like a canon element. To put it in Doctor Who terms. Yes. Which I hesitate to do. There are fixed points in yeah. time that you aren't allowed to change. Mm-hmm. And Miles, not knowing that, saves some people that were supposed to die. Yeah. So what we could say, it saves, he saves a police captain from captain dying. Captain Singh. And he saves him, and that was supposed to affect Spider-Man India yeah. in a really tragic way. But he saved him, and Spider-Man India is super happy. But then all of a sudden, the world, there's a big hole in the ground, and it starts sucking up the world, and that's what happens. That's what Spider-Man 2099 is trying to avoid. But that got introduced way too late into the, the movie. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it's all about Gwen deceiving Miles. Right. And it stays on there for a while, and him being grounded for a really long time. That's a joke. They just beat into the ground. Dude. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, this is world ending, what yeah. you just did. And then it was like, and we're going to stop you from stopping tragedy, preventing tragedy and in your own life. One thing I really liked is like, he wasn't just the main focal point of the Spider-Man, what are they called, crew, mm-hmm. uh, because he's the, he's the protagonist. Right. The, the original anomaly thing really did kind of be like, oh, that's why he's special. Not just because we know who he is, but because he is like a target. Yeah. I liked that. And, and I like that they called him like the, the original one because there's so many anomalies in this universe that aren't even Peter Parker variants mm-hmm. that you're like, why, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> Do these spider men, these spider people even go to their own planets and save the day? Yeah. Or are they just hanging out in the lobby of this future yeah. of Nueva, Nueva York? Yeah. Which was, like I said, it was fun, but that was where all the humor came from was like, hey, here's spider a cat. Here's, here's spider cat, spider T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of one, variations that have been mentioned in comics before. They have the spectacular Spider-Man at one point that made yeah. me laugh. Tiny. Lego Spider-Man. Uh, I love Ben Riley. I love the Scarlet Spider. Yeah. And Andy he Samberg was there. Yeah. And he actually got like a decent part. Yeah. Super moody. That made me laugh. Yeah. But I also, oh, by the way, the uh, the uh, pregnant Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. I they, uh, Peter B. Parker comes back yeah. from the original movie. Which was a breath of fresh air for me. He was. It was nice to hear him again. Yeah. Cause it's the mentor. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the voice. That I know that. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and he's carrying a baby, uh, Mayday. It's it's his daughter, May. They call mm-hmm. her Mayday. But she has spider powers. He's carrying her in his, what is that called? Yeah, that baby carrier baby harness. Baby backpack. Yeah, yeah baby harness thing in the yeah. front. And which is fine. He's like, oh, he has it going. But then he continues to, to do battle and do chases with a baby strapped to his front. Yeah. So between him <laughs> and the pregnant woman on the on motorcycle, motorcycle. <laughs> who was also driving around like crazy and fighting, I went, who who's the worst parent here? Mm-hmm. Let's not just say, yes, let's bring these little children into fights. And I, I, had, a, I had a hard time believing either one of them would, especially mm-hmm. Peter B. Parker, who's seen people die. Granted, um, and that's the thing. There is tragedy in these movies. It, yes, it's a cartoon. But even these characters should be treating their own lives with respect and stakes because they've all seen people die. Kent, did anyone die in this movie? No. Wasn't that weird? Hmm. They, well, they, that's the whole point of the story near the end though because they they get to this point and granted it sounds like we're being super negative we could talk forever about the animation but just know the animation's incredible it is incredible just know that the voice actors and everything like 
with the family and I would just say like the emotions ring true, but then there are issues with the story. And so they get to this thing where it's like, is it new Spider-Man canon? I don't know, but they talk about someone important to Spider-Man dying. No, they don't even, they don't get that general. They say a police captain. Okay. Ha- close and to Spider-Man yeah. has to die. Whereas as we know, and they thankfully say uncle Ben and then Peter B. Parker says, Yes, because of Uncle Ben is why this all is happening. I'm like, okay, there's due respect. But then they say, but a police captain has to die in every universe. Yeah, and I went, um... What? No. Yeah. Like, the Uncle Ben thing is canon. Mm-hmm. Or or even even in the first movie, they're like, someone close to them died. Like, it was their friend, and their And in mother. the comics, they explain this. And in The Amazing Spider-Man, Captain Stacy does die. Yeah. Which right. he does. But, but it's, not the, it's not this big momentous thing for Peter Parker in his life. I noticed as they were talking about the important things that happen Mm -hmm. in uh, every Spider-Man's life, they're showing these pictures in the background. It's like literally the live action Tobey Maguire, Uncle Ben death scene. Mm -hmm. And then Andrew Garfield crying, Crying, which he does so well. Yeah, he does. And Kent cheered a little bit of that part. I I did. (laughs) But then I love to see him when you start talking about the captain having to die. They really only had the Andrew Garfield image up. Yeah. And I went, okay. Yeah. This, is, this isn't really canon, but I do feel like it was them being like, look, we can't say the Uncle Ben thing happened because that already happened to Miles mm-hmm. and it happened to everyone in the first movie. That was one of my favorite points uh, of the first movie was when they start all talking about the different people they lost that helped them become Spider-Man. Yeah. And the Captain thing. Eh, yeah. That was, a, that was a side note. Who really cares? So, yeah. I, I, it, it, uh, I don't know as a viewer if I care as much and I love the characters and that's what this movie's doing. But if either of his parents die, I go, that may be I kind of like maybe I'm like in the Spider-Man police force. Yeah. That's kind of what has to happen. <laughs> but I would feel that would be unforgivable for either of his parents to die because it's, it's his dad, by the way, that normally dies in canon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, but, and they that's what they tease here. Yeah. Because the, the dad is a police captain. In fact, Gwen's dad is a police captain mm-hmm. who then retires and then suddenly he's safe. Which I kind of went. <laughs> it's like you broke the final destination curse. Yeah. <laughs> if you retire, then you're safe. You're good. <laughs> So it's like, okay, someone else close to you is going to be captain is going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The animation was really so good it at was, parts, sometimes too busy. Yeah. Um, I really love the action scenes. Like I said, the story was good. Like you said, it picked up. Yeah. It had a hour and a half of the movie, it, it got going. And right. I was like, okay, I'm on board now. And I think that the themes they introduced, because I noticed even with like the vulture at the beginning of the movie, a very minor character in the scheme of things, mm-hmm. there was a, like a vulture theme. And then Gwen comes up and I was like, there's a distinct theme as well. And then you have 2099 Musical, coming musical in. themes. Musical themes. Yes. And I was like, this, they really are going for this one. And so with the animation, with the score, oh man, it just, it really excels that way. Mm. And that's why, but the thing is, I feel like the animation and the score is probably the reason why the time got a little bloated. Cause like, we can't cut this out. This looks really cool. Or we can't cut this out. That okay. sounds really cool. Yeah. And I think that harmed the movie a bit. Cause it, this isn't one kids are going to watch over and over and over again. I don't think. It does age with the audience, though. Like if kids yeah. loved Into the Spider-Verse back in the day, they're going to be a little more mature now and go, yes. yeah, I can handle deep stories. Kind of like what I'm saying right but now. But like, like Into the Spider-Verse, you can pop in that and mm-hmm. watch it and be done and be happy. Right. This one, if you're going to watch it, you probably have to watch the next one before you're fully satisfied. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah. That said, I, I totally got into it. I just don't know. I don't, I don't think it's the best superhero sequel of all time. No. So there you yeah. go. That is our review for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And we hope that you go across our social media platforms and let us know what you thought of the movie. Uh, if you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, that's fine. We'd just like to hear from you. So let us know. This has been Bacon's Hill. 
about? What is it thinking about? What is it uh, thinking about?